Christian John is going to be sharing tonight, who is always such a treat to hear. I, uh, I love to sit down and listen. Um, we are in a series, Thin Place, just so you know. Um, we are going, you know, in, in this Thin Place, just to kind of give a recap, in the, in the Celtic Christian tradition, so like 5th to 8th, ninth century, they had this, this idea that there were these places where, where it was easy to encounter God, where the veil of heaven and earth is thin. And, and um, while I love encountering God in nature, I believe that we are those thin places. And so we've been talking about the last few weeks, how do we live as a thin place? How do we, how do we live in a constant encounter of his goodness, his presence, and, and that other people are encountering him through us? And so, anyway... It's, uh, I, pa- I talked about the lovely subject of repentance last week, which I'm, I'm, I don't like generally advertise a sermon, but I would encourage you to go listen last week, and I know that repentance is not everybody's favorite thing to go listen to, but I, I promise you there won't be any shaming. So, so ch- check out and listen to last week. I think it will be helpful. I have a, a quick announcement for you. So... How many of you know, we, we, how many of you have heard us in the last couple months mention um, house church or the return or the start of that, restart of that? Raise your hand. Okay, good. We've done a good job. We've tried to oversay things. And so just as a reminder, we are a week and a half away from Ash Wednesday. We will have a, we will have a prayer time at 7 a.m. and we will have a prayer time at 11 a.m. As I've said before, um, we're utilizing the, the tradition of Lent to give um, grounding to our time over these next few weeks. We, we don't believe that you have to honor some tradition to be holy. We just are utilizing the pathway of it as a part of our formation. And so, so I just keep reiterating that because we don't want to make a, an idol of something man has made. We, but we, we are thankful for the rhythm and the concentration that it gives us on the person of Jesus for just weeks leading up to Easter. And so um, what we have done is we have, House Church will launch, and those scriptures that are in the uh, lectionary during that time will inform the discussions that are having in our House Church. So So you or a friend can show up to House Church knowing what is going to be discussed, and you can read these things ahead of time. And what we've done is we've created a textable landing page that has both the suburban and the East Dallas House Church, um, you know, sort of locations and information available available to it. And you will, you can, we will send that out. Have we already sent that out? Okay, it's. It's on Facebook, but we're going to text it out to everybody because we have all your numbers. Haha. <laughs> and we're going to text it to you. And if you want to invite somebody, you can use this like textable format to the landing page. And the first week of House Church, I think right now, there's some possibility of the suburban one changing, but right now the, 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 the two house churches are going to be on Wednesday nights, and March 4th will be the first of that. But Essentially, if you're wondering what's going on during this time, for, for three months straight, the, the kids' house church and the service gathering will all be going through the same scriptures, the same content, and so there will be reiteration and overlap and, and discussion around the same things. And so, um, you know, before, one of the comments that we got, one of the regular comments that we got was, to inviting people to house church was I don't know what I'm inviting them to because one week it might be this and one week it might be this and and uh, I like that but I don't know how to share that with somebody and so we we're trying to put in some more we're trying to leave the organic space that is house church that's meal that's that's um, time together that's praying over each other and building all that into it but we're also trying to give trajectory to it so that we're not just coming and wasting our time, and that we also can make it clear what it is that we're, where it is we're going. And so um, if, if you would um, look at that, we'll probably text that out to you either tonight or tomorrow. It's already, um, it's already sort of prepared, but if you'll look at that and think through, we, 
you know, I, I would encourage everybody to mention it to somebody. As we've, as we've encouraged, we, we would prefer somebody get plugged into a home and, and those friendships before they would even come to this get to a, a, a gathering here because it gives people the opportunity to have face-to-face and to encounter God in community. And so if you know somebody, I, I think the ideal person, it's not somebody who's, who's going to church nine times a week and is deeply plugged into their community, like let those people grow in God where they're at. The person that this is probably most helpful for is a person who is, is in a place where they either have wrestled through their faith and they, they don't know where it fits for them or they've become disconnected um, to you know, church or you know, their faith life in some way. I think especially for those that are sort of, we, let's, you know, we, I hate calling them prodigals because there's many people who are walking with Jesus who are isolated from community. Um, so that prodigals might be too aggressive of the word. But those who are isolated from community who need a regrounding, I think that this is a time of regrounding. So that just gives you a little bit. We'll text that out either tonight or tomorrow and everybody will have that available to them. So you guys all right with that? Um, I'm going to invite John to come up. Let's give him a hand. Thank you. It's always um, great. Um, I always receive a lot when Suzanne or I and I are able to come, and so uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity to give out tonight. But I just want you to know I've received a lot, lot more here at Clear Path than I have given out. So. And I, I love you all. <laughs> Ray and Taylor, will you guys stand up, please? Um, I looked across the room earlier, and I saw the two of you going hand in hand through a double door. And I, I, what I felt like the Lord was saying is that you're getting ready to go someplace in the Spirit together. You're getting ready to step across into a threshold. And um, it, was, it was like on this side of the double door, there was a great landscape, but on the other side of the door, it was like double the landscape. That you're going to step into a place where you're going to be able to see more and, and possibly then take more God opportunities in your life. So just wanted to share that with you. Can you confirm? Yeah. So Taylor and I uh, yesterday went and sat at a coffee shop for two hours and asked the Lord what he wanted us to do in our marriage in 2020. And he spoke to Taylor about, um, well, you want to speak to that? (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, so um, I really felt like God was was showing me and telling me that um, that I was a an oak tree and Brittany was a flame, specifically a blue flame. And, uh, and I really felt like God was saying that uh, he wanted to, he wanted to burn down a forest, the forest around us, and he wanted to consume the forest around us. And he could not do that without both the flame and the oak tree that both needed each other to be able to to consume the forest around them, and um, and it was really kind of more of a pushing on me of you know allowing that and being open to that and not being afraid of letting that happen, and so I felt like once that forest around us was consumed, that it was that it would grow new new grass, new trees, new uh, lushness. That would be something that we've never seen before. Come on, yeah. Amen. Woo! That's great. That's great. Well, I do love uh, you know the the specific topic that Jordan has ch- chosen, and and you guys are walking through in terms of thin places. Uh, I wish I would have thought a little earlier t- uh, this afternoon and gotten a picture of uh, the Abbey at Iona. Anybody know where Iona is? It is off the west coast of Scotland, and in 453 A.D. A Irish monk by the name of Colum Seal, with a number of other people, uh, sailed to this island, and it ma- he made a base of the island to evangelize all of Scotland. 
all of Scotland. And in uh, 1999, Suzanne and I and our three children went on a Wallace Heritage Tour of Scotland, and we went to the island of Iona. And Huh? You want to go there? Um, it, it is a thin place. It is one of those thin places. And I walked into the chapel. Now the chapel is, uh, is, is modern. It was built in the 1800s. The original abbey was uh, pulled down by the Vikings in the 10th century. But uh, it was uh, the abbey that is there now. Um, uh, I walked in and knelt down on the ground. And I said, Lord, give me a nation like you gave Column Seal a nation. Uh, it's just one of those places that are heavy with the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> but why is it a thin place? It's a thin place because there was a man who was a thin place went there. And so I love it that Jordan is encouraging you guys uh, that you're thin places. Uh, I want to give you some encouragement tonight about how to get there. One of the ways to get there. Uh, I want to share with you an incident in Moses' life that I think, except perhaps for the burning bush, shaped Moses' life more than any other time. Uh, I'm going to set the scene and then we're going to look at two verses in Exodus. You know, Moses uh, meets God at the, uh, at the burning bush. God sends him back to Egypt. Uh, the ten plagues come. Uh, Egypt is, uh, uh, kicks Israel out of there. Uh, and while giving them gold, <laughs> you know, please leave and take our gold with you, okay? Uh, which is really cool. Um, and uh, they go, uh, they have the Red Sea experience. The Red Sea's parted, they cross, the Egyptian army tries to follow them and drowns. Uh, they go into the wilderness, they get water from a rock, they come to Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai. And God says, uh, get everybody sanctified and ready tomorrow. I'm going to come down and meet with my people. So God comes down and Israel goes, whoa, wait a minute, this is too much. This is too Moses, you be our representative and you go to God and come back and tell us what he says. But we, his presence is too much for us. The thunder and the lightning and the roaring and the fire, that's too much for us. So Moses takes off. He goes up the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. And of course, you remember the story that while he's up there, uh, the people of Israel think, you know, maybe the guys died up there, and uh, so they entice Aaron to take some of that gold and to build a golden calf to worship. Um, you know, they weren't worshiping, by the way, a foreign god. That golden calf was supposed to represent Yahweh. But what's the, uh, what's the uh, commandment? You shall make no graven images, even of me. He says. So Moses comes down, finds out what's going on. Um, you know, the Lord said, uh, I'm just going to come and wipe them out. And Moses says, no, if you're going to wipe them out, wipe me out too. Wipe me out too. And God says, okay, okay, I'll relent. But he said, I want, I want you, uh, I want you to go and follow my angel up to the promised land. I'm not going to go with you. I can't stand to be with these people anymore. I'm going to send my angel ahead of you and go to the promised land. And Moses said, huh. He said, if you don't go, I'm not going. I'm not going. And so uh, that brings us to the passage, the two verses I want to. And, it, and it, what it does is it engenders in Moses a prayer, a request of God. So, can you put those two verses up? Exodus 33, verses 12 and 13. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you yourself have not let me know whom you will send with me. Moreover, you have said, I have known you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I found favor in your sight, let me know your ways, that I may know you, so that I might find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. Notice something that happens here. Moses refreshes God's memory that God had said to him, you found favor. And Moses grabs a hold of that word favor. It's the Old Testament word for grace. And he says, if I've found that favor with you, I want something from you. And notice where he starts. He says, 
I want to know your ways. If I know your ways, then I'll know you. And if I know you, I'll find more favor in your sight. He knew what to ask for. He knew what to ask for. And he said, oh yeah, remember that these are your people. I want the favor that you show me. I want you to show that to them too. So he knows what's important. He goes to the core of relational living with God and asks God to know His ways. So that's what I want us to consider tonight is knowing the ways of God. Babel, will you come up here? Stand next to me. How do you know somebody's ways? In May, this lady and I will have been married 49 years. And we met each other a year and a half previous to that, so I have known her, she's known me for half a century. Just seems like... Well, it does seem longer. Okay, okay, all right. Okay, now, you can go ahead and sit down. Thank you. (laughs) My wife can tell you what I like and what I don't like. If we go to our favorite restaurant, about 99% of the time, she will be able to tell you what I'm going to order. If you're in a conversation with my wife, apart from me, and you were to ask Suzanne, well, what does John think about that? About 99.9% of the time, she'd be able to tell you what I think about any subject. Now, how is she able to do that? Time. We've spent lots and 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 lots of time together. And in that time that we have spent together, at least two things were taking place. One is we have spent hours and hours and hours and hours in two-way conversation. And the second thing that we've done is we've spent hours and hours and hours and hours observing one another. Presence, conversation, observation. This is how we begin to know God's ways. We're present with Him. You know, you've heard this before. It's great when the Lord shows up, when the Lord is present, but I've got to be present to His presence. I've got to be aware of His presence. Just knowing His presence can help me know His love. When I was growing up... um, My dad, um, let me back up, my father grew up without a father. Uh, His father worked in the oil fields, and his name was Sam Houston Wallace, named after a great uncle. And uh, he worked in the oil fields, and one day when my dad was about five years old, he got up and told the family he was going to work, and he never came back. Well, he did come back. Uh, about 12 years later, to crawl into bed and die. So my dad grew up without a dad. And somewhere in the process of that, he told me this in his old age, somewhere in the process of that, he kind of just said to himself, because he didn't have a relationship with the Lord at that time, he said, if I ever have children, at least I'm going to be present with them. So he had two sons, and as my brother and I were growing up, my dad was not a great conversationalist, Uh, but one thing was, is he was always there. 
He was always there for our sporting events and for our school things and for our church things, and he was always there. And somewhere along the line, I can't remember how old I was when this first started happening. I was probably somewhere in the second grade, maybe. Uh, I had twin beds in my room, in my bedroom. And uh, when I would go to bed at night, my dad would come in and he'd lie down in the bed next to me, in the other twin bed. And he'd be there until I fell asleep. And then he'd get up and, and go to bed or go back to what he was doing. Night after night after night, I fell asleep knowing that my dad was there. So you know, it's never been a problem for me to know that God is there. That my Heavenly Father is there. Now I realize that it is hard for some people. It is hard for some people. But He is. The truth is that He's present. He's present even when you don't hear Him say anything. He's there. And that presence should bring you security. That presence should bring you a sense of His love for you. So presence. Secondly, conversation. Conversation. Prayer is two-way conversation. How do you get to know God's ways? You ask Him about them. I tell you, there's so many things I still don't understand about the Lord, but through the years, there's so many conversations when I... When, I, when I've basically said, why did you do that? Why did you do that that way? Or why didn't you do that? You know, years and years ago, the Lord, uh, I, was, I was having a conversation with the Lord. I was asking Him some questions and there was a pause and He says, John, ask me about everything. Now, I haven't been real perfect in that, but it spurred me on to constantly be asking God questions. Uh, Suzanne works for an organization called Behind Every Door, and at the beginning of every year, the staff reads a book called Draw the Circle by Mark Batterson. Maybe you've seen this book, you've seen the previous book, The Circle Maker. This is a 40-day prayer challenge, and so uh, he, he takes 40 different chapters to explain 40 different aspects of prayer. But This is one of the, one of the things that he says about prayer, about conversation. The true purpose of prayer is to get into God's presence so He can outline His agenda for us. Here's my advice, he says. Pray about what to pray about. Isn't it true with you, like it has been sometimes with me, is we sit down for prayer and we just kind of shotgun heaven? God, God, that, about this, and I'm, and what about this, and, and I'm scared about this, and, 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 and what am I supposed to do about this, and, 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 okay, thank you very much, amen. Yeah. And he's up there going, up, up, up. It's two-way conversation. Give time to listening. Give time to listening. One of the ways that Suzanne knows my ways is she has listened to me. She's listened to me. And vice versa, it's gone the other way too. I'm very, very aware, gentlemen, of that verse in 1 Peter 3 where it says, Husbands, live with your wife in an understanding way. It takes work. It takes work. I believe that His presence is with me. I believe His presence is with me. And sometimes we need to become less aware of what else is present with us. Endless hours of conversation with Him. And then, how do we spend endless hours observing Him? How do you observe God? And learn His ways from that.
not a rhetorical question. I really am asking that question. Right here. Right here. Particularly, particularly the Gospels. Because Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so if I read and understand and see what Jesus' ways were like, how he dealt with people, how he faced situations, then I know God's ways. I come to know God's ways by looking at Jesus' ways. His word. Not just the what of the word, but the why of the word and the how of the word. When I read that Jesus did something, I, I don't want to know just what he did. I want to delve into why did he do it? Why did he do it that way? How did he do it? And can that be a model for me and a model for my life? And what does that say to me about God's ways? Observing Jesus. You see, the more I get to know his ways, the more times I'm in those situations where I don't have a Bible verse to tell me what to do. But if I know his ways, I will discern what to do. I will discern what to do because I know his ways. Another way that we observe God is by observing the unmistakable work, his work in our lives. Look at your history with him. How's, how has he worked in your life? How many times has uh, God done something in your life that was surprising? You just didn't figure it. It was going to be that way. Right? He just kind of ambushed you. He took you by surprise. I don't know how many times I've said to the Lord, I just don't understand you. But I love you and I trust you. Watching His unmistakable work in our own lives. And then watching the unmistakable work of God in other people's lives. That's part of community. is sharing God's work in our lives with one another. In Psalm 119, I can't remember what verse it is. But it says, uh, How I delight in your testimonies, for they are my counselors. Literally in the Hebrew it says, I delight in your testimonies, for they are the men of my counsel. When I hear your testimony about what God's done in your life, God's saying, listen to this. This is my counsel to you. This testimony is a man of counsel in your life. And this testimony is a man of counsel in your life. And this testimony is a man of counsel in your life. And it's to build your faith. You know the, the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. What it, what's in there? It's God's work in all those individual men's and women's lives. Why? To build our faith. To build our faith. Uh, I was uh, with uh, Michael Hatzmiller. He's been here before. You guys have had him here to teach and train. Uh, I was with him uh, uh, in January, in Monday nights in January. Uh, he was uh, doing some training for the, the village church uh, in a home in Flower Mound. And at the end, we had ministry time. And the last, the last time we were there, the last night, I had a word of knowledge. I said, somebody was in an accident, and uh, it messed up your C1, 2, and 3 vertebrae. Uh, the vertebrae in your neck up here. I said, who is that? No hands. I said, the C1, 2, and 3 vertebrae in wreck. Who is that? No hands. So, you know, we, we do some more things. And then finally at the last, Michael just said, uh, hey, uh, John and I are going to be standing up here. If you want prayer for anything, just come up at the end. And he closed out the meeting. And we both had some lines of people. 
waiting for prayer. And the first lady walked up and she said, that was me. (laughs) I cannot tell you how many times that's happened to me. So if you're ever in that situation and God gives you a word for somebody and you give it and you give it and nobody responds to it. I cannot tell you how many times that's happened to me. And after the meeting, the person comes up or two or three days later, I get a phone call going, "Uh, I was just too embarrassed. Or it just didn't click with me until just now. Anyway, she's standing here and she said, yep. Several years ago, I was in an auto accident. It messed up my C1, 2, and 3. I had had surgery and she pulled her sweater down and there was a scar down her neck and across her shoulder. And she said, ever since then, I... uh, Ever since then, I, I, it was, it's been numb. I don't have any feeling back here. So I said, okay, well, let's just pray. So I started to pray, and she started to cry. And uh, I remember the first time I ever prayed for anybody, when, and, and they started to cry, I mean, really hard. And I thought, what did I do? <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> but um, they were good tears. Anyway, these, these were good tears, too. And I said, uh, she started to cry, and then she started doing this. And I go, what is going on? And she said, ever since that wreck, I have had locked jaw, and I've never been able to open my jaw in several years. That encouraged her faith. It encouraged my faith. It encouraged the faith of the people that were around and saw it happen. His testimonies are our counselors. His testimonies. And when we see, when we observe His unmistakable work in other people's lives, it shows us His ways. It shows us His ways. Moses knew he did that he had to pray that prayer in that in in that order he didn't say lord i want to know you he said let me know your ways that i might know you let me know your ways and you know what he got what he asked for he got what he asked for i i know that by not only observing the rest of his life But because over in Psalms, King David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, got it. He got it. Psalm 103. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. He he just made his acts known to the sons of Israel, but he he let Moses in on his ways. And, And as I read that verse, it's almost like he made his ways known to Moses. Yes! And his acts to the sons of Israel. And I kind of go, oh. (laughs) Only his acts? Yeah. His acts. His acts. Israel knew God's works. I've already mentioned a whole bunch of them. The ten plagues. The Passover. The Red Sea. Water from the rock. Manna from heaven. A cloud by day. Fire by night. They saw many amazing wonders of God, but they never progressed beyond that. It's great for us to observe the supernatural works of God, but it's just supposed to lead us to Him and to His ways. Not everybody that saw Jesus' miracles believed in Him. You know, it astounds me in John 11 when he raises Lazarus from the dead and the next verse said, and some believed. (laughs) What? Some. But then it goes on to say that others went and told on him to the Pharisees. They just watched a four-day-old dead man walk out of a tomb and they didn't believe in him. So the works in and of themselves weren't enough. They weren't enough. Eight times as Moses is speaking to a new generation ready to go into Israel in Deuteronomy, eight times in Deuteronomy, as Israel's getting ready to enter the promised land, Moses implores them, walk in his ways. 
Walk in His ways. Walk in His ways. The interesting thing, that that Hebrew word for ways, is the Hebrew word derek. D-E-R-E-K. And, and as a lot of Hebrew words are, it's a picture word. It's supposed, to, it's supposed to draw up a picture, an image in your mind. And here's the image. The image of the word Derek is a long, slow walk with someone. A long, slow walk. How do you get to know the ways of God? You take a long, slow walk. Walk with him. Say, so couldn't it be a little faster? <laughs> Again, David David gets this in Psalm twenty five, I think it is. He says, Teach me your ways and show me your paths. He combines those ways and paths. Show me your paths, because those are the ones I want to walk on for a long, long time so I can know your ways. And then Moses says, if, if I know your ways, and I know you, then I know, God, you're going to really, really, really like that. And you're going to show me more favor. You're going to show me more favor as I get to know you better. And I found that to be true in my life. I found that to be true. You know, this month, uh, I've been a Christian 51 years. And there's been ups and downs. And passion at times and burnout times. <clears throat> but I look back over my, over my history with God... And it's, it's been a life of favor. I've told you before, you know, one of my first prayers when I wake up in the morning, God, I thank you that I can call, your fa- call you Father, then I'm your son, your favorite son. And so today, I want to take that favor and carry it and steward it and give it away. Remember too, remember the end of the verse, remember to consider too that these are your people. If you show me favor, then I can show favor to them. I can share it. I don't know where you are on that journey with God, but um, I hope what we've considered tonight encourages you on that slow, long walk with Him. Um, If you're not, maybe you've been distracted from that walk. Or maybe you've only known Him by His works. Or um, Then then maybe you can pray what another psalmist prayed, and that's in Psalm 119. Did I give you that verse? Yeah, okay. Psalmist said, turn away my eyes from looking at vanity and revive me in your ways. Turn my eyes away from things that are worthless. You know, one of the things the last several months the Lord's been having me do is that as I look and observe at things going in my life, I cannot tell you now how many times I've looked at that and said, that really doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Now, some things do matter, okay? But the Lord has really given me help and eyes to see so that I may turn my eyes away from things that are worthless. You know, our daughter texted us this week and she was kind of getting stressed about something. And I texted her back and I said, You know, in my walk with the Lord through the many years, I found that most of the things that I got stressed about either didn't happen or they happened in a different way than I thought they would. And it just wasn't worth it to stress about it. Do you have any of that history with you? Have you, have you really stressed? You know, another word 
for stressed is fear. You know that, right? It's a Christianese word. I'm stressed or I'm concerned about something. No, no, you're afraid. <laughs> you're afraid. And First John says, perfect love casts out fear. And that word cast out in the Greek is the same word as Jesus casting out demons. That's how power, how powerful perfect love is. So if you're in the presence of the one who is love, let that perfect love cast out any fear, any concern, any stress that you have. God, let me see this situation from your perspective. And maybe I'll be able to say, you know what? That really doesn't matter. I will turn my eyes away from vanity. And get revived in your ways. Get revived in your ways. Let's pray. Teach us your ways, O oh God. Show us your paths. Alert us, Lord, when we've been distracted. Revive us in your ways. Revive us in your ways. We want to know your ways so that we can know you so that we can have more favor in your sight and share it with everybody around. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Is anybody in here born in 1983? Okay. Will you stand up for a minute? I, all I got was 1983 birthday. So I'm just going to ask the Lord, okay, now what's next? Are both of your grandmothers still alive? Neither one of them? Hmm. Uh, what I got was uh, a grandmother's prayer at your birth. It'd be there, uh, would, would there be any way in checking with your family on something like that? Is there any way you can ask your mom... And just, just anything she might remember about your grandmother praying something around the time of your birth. And I believe it was a prophetic prayer. And I believe if you can get in touch with that. And if she doesn't remember, then you can pray that she would remember. Or, you know, you can ask the Lord. Lord, what did my grandmother pray? And the Lord can speak to you about it. I think it's really, really significant. Okay? I was at a, I was at a meeting uh, not too long ago, and I can't remember the date. Was it 1976? It was back in the 70s or something like that. And I said, uh, "Who was born in, in 1976?" And this woman kind of reluctantly raised her hand. She said, "It tells how old I am." <laughs> she didn't appreciate it, as she did. She did once I gave her the word. Yeah. <laughs> What's your name? Yeah. Huh? Lindsay. Lindsay. Okay, that's our daughter's name. It's Lindsay. Um, sometimes I just look into a crowd of people and the Lord just kind of like takes a yellow highlighter and just highlights somebody. And that's all I know is that you were highlighted tonight. And so, um, hmm. I just saw I just saw a vision of you as a tree and 
you have pretty deep roots. But I saw the roots growing in actually seeking deeper water. Um, So I, I just, I sense that maybe the Lord is taking you into a time of just in the Spirit going deeper. Um, you know, in 1 Corinthians 2, uh, it says, Oh, um, you know, what eye has not seen or ear has not heard or what's not even enter into the heart of the man, the things that God has reserved for those that love Him. And he says, but He's given us uh, the Spirit that we might know the depths of God. The depths of God. And so I'm just, uh, I'm just could you guys extend your hand towards Lindsay? And pray for her right now. Lord, I thank You for Your crazy love here for Lindsay. And I thank You, Lord, that she does have roots in You. But I do sense, Lord, that, that it's just right now for her to let those roots grow deeper in You. Deeper experiences with You, Lord. Deeper experiences, Lord, down to the water, to the reservoir, the deep reservoir of Your depths. Lord, just give her some surprising experiences with You. Surprising experiences. And Lord, I pray that tonight you'd even confirm this with a dream. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, um, this is for you maybe. I like saw kind of a picture when John was talking about that. He said something about like going deeper and then he said something about a well and like, I think he said drawing out water. I don't know, something like that. Um, and when I studied like petroleum engineering, they do these things um, in wells that are really popular now called a recompletion where companies are actually going and they're buying up old wells that have already been drilled and it's the same hole. And they're going back down into the same formation that's already had all of the stuff sucked out of it, or so whoever did it the first time thought. And now they have ways of recompleting a well, or um, you know whether they do CO2 recovery, some kind of enhanced recovery, hydraulic fracturing, whatever it is. Um, and they go into a formation like when stuff's underground, it's not in a pool, like it's in the rock. The the whatever they're seeking is trapped inside the rock. So they go in and they they do something to increase the permeability and the porosity of the rock so that whatever they're after the target can flow out of there. And I like just kind of saw a picture in my head of like a recompletion when he was talking about that and thought maybe that there's something to it. Like maybe maybe it's something that you're going back to that you might think, oh, this is an old well. Like I've been here and I know what comes out of here. And maybe God's saying like, hey, I'm going to show you a better way to do this where whatever's going to come out of this is not what came out of it before or it's a, it's, you know, Better recovery, basically. Ain't he something? Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was just his mother. <clears throat> um, I have a word for the whole church, and, uh, and then that'll be it. Um, you know, as you know, Suzanne and I, we travel among uh, mainly seven different churches. There's a couple other churches that we occasionally go to. And there's a number of different groups that we go and are a part of. Groups that are actually groups of people from different churches that gather together. We were at one last night. Um, and uh, with Shane and Anna were there. And um, anyway, uh, let me just tell you what I'm sensing in the area, in the region here. And that is, is that the hunger and thirst for God is rising. It's rising. And, and I sense that this is a year in which the Lord is going to set a table. And um, it's going to be a meal. A spiritual meal. But it's not going to be a feast. It's going to be a meal. Now in Hebrews, I think it's chapter 6, it says that uh, there were some that the writer of the Hebrews said they had tasted of the powers of the age to come and they'd fallen away. 
Now, I don't know the specifics of why they fell away, but one of the reasons I think they did is because they only tasted. Have you ever been to, you know, one of those places like, or either at the fair or one of those shops and they've got all these different sauces and they've got all these, and they've got these teeny little bitty spoons. And you just get a taste of it. Okay? What's that taste supposed to do in you? Yeah, one more, and I'll buy the bottle. I want more of that. I want more of that. That's what I'm sensing in the region is people are saying, I want more. I want more. Okay? One time I was talking to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I want it all. And the Lord said, you can't take it all. <laughs> okay, as much as you'll give me then. As much as you'll give me. Yeah, one time I went up to Kansas City and... and um, talk with Mike Bickle and, and, I, and I said Mike what do you want and he said I want fullness I want full, the fullness of the Lord and he said now if the fullness in this season is a 5 on a 10 point scale then I want a 5 Okay, but if tomorrow it changes into a 7 I'm not satisfied with a 5 I want more I want more. I want, I want more of Him. I am hungering and thirsting for more. So step into that. The Lord, will, the Lord will give you more this year. He will set a table. It won't be a feast because you couldn't handle it all. But He will give you more. Okay? I have only one quick thing and then Chris, you're going to come. Um, Kevin Shirley, I saw you guys walk in, and I just I felt like, you know, I know in the natural Kevin's just you know changed jobs, got a new job, um, but I felt like that God, um, this is a real general thing, but I just really like I don't y'all know I don't share that many, you know, words like John shares within the service, but I just really felt like that God is going has been bringing things together, and will be bringing more things together that are. That is sort of like, like reviving and reshaping the way that you see things, and 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 just re-encouraging. Um, I just feel like that God is, uh, you know, God's use. What it is is, I feel like He's going. He is using natural things to remind you of His faithfulness to you, and and to and I feel like that the encouragement is to is to talk about those things and 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 to ponder them and just to like. That the conversation will blossom in Thanksgiving, and just to name them and see them, um, and I, I feel like a lot of times we un, we underestimate how much God is doing, and it's really important for us to make a spiritual discipline practice of naming the things that God's doing, and so I just feel like I feel like this is just a season where God is getting your attention of how of how favored you are um, through natural things, even like a job, and just to talk about them. So. Um, uh, Chris is going to come share. I just want to say this real quick about the reason that we made a decision. I know I've said this a couple times, but every couple months I just remind us of this. The reason we made a decision to start finishing every service in the Eucharist table is because um, we want to finish our service at the work that God has done. We don't, we, we don't finish at the work that we do or our that you know, we'll we'll always break that if the Lord if the Lord's moving a different way. But it's to us this is a picture of yes, we can pray for each other, we can preach, we can worship, and we can do all this. But we finish our time reminding ourselves of what God has done, and that He is sovereign and supreme, and that He is the one who is doing all this work in in the first place. And I you know in the church I grew up in, so thankful for it. We we ended. At sort of the altar call, which is kind of like, like our response to what he's done. But we, we've instead chose, chosen that we want to make our practice and our habit to our last note to be, what has he done already? And so I just want to say, this is why we do this for a moment. Chris, you can come. Uh, Y'all can go, come, come get the elements. Um, listening to John tonight, uh, just feel like that our time of communion, we need to to rest and without fear um, be in God's presence. 
uh, as we receive communion. Um, so as you come, as you come, get the elements. Uh, just kind of keep that in mind and keep that in your mind of of being present with God. Uh, so I'll tell you a real quick story. Uh, we had some friends over our house today um, who haven't been in our house in, in several years and uh, didn't know my dog very well. So some of you know my dog, Sandy. Um, she's my dog. She, I, am, I am her master. Um, she follows me. She, I, it's, her attention is on me. If, you know, it doesn't matter how many people are in the room, she's, she cares about where I am. More, more than anybody else, and uh, uh, I rescued her. She was, she was a stray, uh, came to a job, and then we, we, I took her home and fed her some French fries, and so <laughs> anyway. Um, but he, uh, uh, my friend today, looked, at, looked down and goes, "That dog really loves you," and she's just sitting at my feet, and uh, you know, she is excited when I come home. She wants to run and just be there and be next to me and say hello, and then she just hangs out. And I feel like, and I don't know, I was just reminded of this as I was sitting here, um, that's how we need to be with the Lord, is every opportunity that we get to just be there. We should be there and just enjoy that presence, that time, that, um, you know, and, and honestly, she, just, she really doesn't seem to care whether I'm really doing something with her or she's just hanging out. But she'll, she will lay down at my feet and just hang out. And then if we're going to do something, if I, if, I, if I acknowledge her in any way, it's like, oh, yeah, what are we doing? Let's do it. Come on now. I'm ready. Let's go. And uh, anyway, it was just kind of a, a picture of that's she enjoys my presence. And when, I'm, when we're apart, she's waiting to know when I'm coming back. And she enjoys the presence of the other people in our house. But it's more important that she's, she wants to be around me. Um, I kind of like it. I, I love her. She's a great dog. Um, but um, anyway, um, it's just to me, it's a good picture to me of how we should be with the Lord. It's just loving to be in his presence. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for this time together tonight. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be in your presence uh, every time we get the chance. Um, Lord, I ask you to bless this uh, remembrance of your sacrifice and of what you've given to us, Lord. Uh, God, I ask you, Lord, to remind us uh, regularly this week, <clears throat> God, even if it's through our own pet, <laughs> that we need to, to, to acknowledge and, and to truly be in your presence um, as often as we can. 
We thank you and praise you. We have a couple of quick announcements before we send you guys on your way. This Wednesday night at 7 is prayer at mine and Jordan's house. So we would love for you guys to come and join us. 7 p.m. at 8231 Barbary. B-A-R-B-A-R-E-E <laughs> Boulevard. <laughs> Y'all coming up. <laughs> Just in case you needed that. And then next week is the last Sunday of our Thin Place series. So we would also really love for you guys to come out for that. Um, and as Jordan mentioned, house churches begin again in March. And I will text you guys that landing page so that you can look at it, see where the locations are and the times, and send that out to all of your friends. So let's pray before we are released. Father, we love you so much. And thank you, God, for the long, slow journey of knowing you and being known by you. We thank you, God, that your ways are good, your ways are beautiful, you're a faithful God, and I pray that as we go into this week, we would be reminded of all the things you've done in our lives, that you would turn our eyes to your ways, and that you would revive your ways in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>